0: okay now at this point in time we're going to go ahead and start our advent time obviously this is we are already in week three which is amazing to think about um, and it's always a very special time so at this time let's go ahead and start our video
1: Of joy, As the coming of Jesus our Saviour draws near, our joy builds with our anticipation of his birth. From the book of Isaiah, we read the words of our Lord. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation, and look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people, and the sound of weeping and crying will be heard in it no more. That's from Isaiah 65, 18-19. Paul also writes to the church at Galatia, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. That is from Galatians 5, verse 22-23. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for sending us a beautiful gift of your Son. Mm -hmm. Thank you that through him our mourning can be exchanged for joy. Thank you. We pray, Lord, for the many people out there who
0: still do not have yet found the joy that comes from knowing you.
1: May you touch their lives in this time. We pray for your blessings over our families, the church, and our community.
0: In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Great job, guys. You know, I'm just, you know, I, I, I remember growing up, and my, my pastor, I had the same pastor uh, my whole life, really, until I was actually out of college um, and, and found uh, my first position. And uh, he used to say, um, any duck that won't quack for his own pond doesn't deserve to swim in it. Um, Yeah. And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to quack for my pond. You know, everyone has just done an amazing job so far with the Advent readings. And I know uh, next week, Randy and Andrea are going to do it. They're going to do an amazing job. And so you guys are just doing a great job. I I know it's scary, you know, to come up here at times and... Um, you know there's lights and people and 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 stuff but everybody you know Dan and Christine last week and Jim and Tammy the week before and I mean everybody you guys just did an amazing job and so I'm just proud of you and I know it's like I said it's not easy um, but you guys are doing a great job celebrating with us and so thank you good job all right we're gonna jump into the message this morning we're actually in week two of our series our Christmas series called the exchange um it's definitely um, a time of year that I look forward to and a series I always love to share um, because it is about Christmas and it's about a, a very, very special time. But um, as we kind of get into this, I want to kind of open it up by kind of talking about kind of maybe a very sore subject with people. Um, I, I don't want to cause any fights. I don't want to cause any issues here in the church. So please, if you decide to, to take this outside, please do so. But please wait till the service is over to do so. But I know that like several months ago, this really kind of hit really, really hard and and then it kind of backed off. So I don't know exactly what happened, but it was the topic of daylight savings time, okay? You remember that and it was like this was the big deal and all of a sudden supposedly maybe we were going to lose it or we were going to keep it and there were people some people said oh yeah we should get rid of it totally we should go totally Arizona if you don't know Arizona doesn't have daylight savings time um, or, or and we should do it throughout the country and other people were like no 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 and, and I had a very interesting idea and thought and 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 focus when it came to Uh, daylight savings so at times I would listen and somebody would say oh this is why this is better and I'd go yeah I guess that makes sense and then somebody on the other side would kind of begin there oh this is why we should throw it away or keep it or whatever and I would listen and and I know this is going to sound weird and I know it may sound somewhat not surprising but when I thought of daylight savings I the, the thing that I really began to think about was not what most people consider to be the argument or the discussion or as far as what was the most important thing when it came to daylight savings time. I started considering something very, very more important, at least in my heart, and that is the topic of Christmas lights. You see, my thought was, and this could be totally wrong, and if you want to tell me after service, feel free, but my thought was, you know, the thing that I like about daylight savings is that it gets darker quicker, and that means Christmas lights come on sooner, okay? That means that instead of Christmas lights coming on at maybe 5.30 or 6 this time of year, they come on at like 4.30, okay? Maybe 5, depending, especially as we're getting close to uh, December 21st, okay? And so I like the fact that it gets darker earlier. I like the darkness because of the light that comes a part of it. But here's what I've learned as well, okay? It is amazing to me When January hits, and not just like January, like 1st or 2nd, but like when we're finally starting to see everybody remove all the Christmas lights, how dark it can seem to be. See, like this time of year, it's like it, it, yeah, it gets dark sooner. But you know, you drive down the street and there's lights on all the houses, or at least all those that aren't Grinches. Anyway, I'm teasing. Um, and and all the lights are up, and all it's bright and it's cheerful. Maybe you got Christmas music playing in your car. You're driving around, having a good old time. There's a light out there that seems to help with the darkness. But what I've noticed, again, is when those lights begin to be put away, when it's January 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and slowly in your neighborhood, those lights begin to be removed, it's amazing how dark it can seem. It's amazing how at that moment, I'll be honest, if you said, do you want daylight savings time to go away? I'd go, yeah. Like, I think I would rather have the light i telling you right now, December, you're never going to get me to change my mind. I want it dark because I want to see the Christmas lights. Last week, we talked about the idea of the exchange. We talked about how Jesus has come. And one of the reasons that he came in, in this time is to exchange some things in our hearts and in our lives. Last week, we talked about this idea of the exchange between a crown of beauty for ashes This morning what we want to talk about is we kind of continue this theme and this idea of of what Jesus came to do for us during this time is we want to talk about this exchange of, of darkness for light. Darkness for light. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We do thank you for this opportunity and this time. Father, we pray that you would just be a part of everything that's said, everything that's done. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. To really kind of get an idea of how this is all working and kind of what God intended for light and darkness, we need to go back to the beginning. We're going to go back to Genesis 1. This is a scripture that that a lot of you have heard before, but maybe we're going to look at it in a slightly different way than maybe you typically look at the creation story. And so we're going to kind of look at first the nature of darkness and light, kind of what 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 they were made to do, kind of how they worked, but also how they, in some ways, at least in the darkness concept, were corrupted and destroyed. Destroyed by the enemy so let's look at it together starting with Genesis 1 we're going to start with verse number 2 it says this is what it says is the, the earth was formless and empty a darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters let's keep that up there but let's kind of explain here what's going on okay At this time, what we know, obviously, Genesis 1-1 tells us, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So everything you see, everything that is about us, or everything about you and me, was created by God. God made it all. And so in this part of the creation story, there's this concept that that basically we see this uh, uh, earth was formless and empty. It was void, some translations say. And basically, there's a darkness that's covering the surface of the water. Now we know in other portions of scripture that at this time obviously God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are all there. We even see here that the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, is hovering over the surface of the water. So that's kind of where we're at. This is the context here. There's a a world that's dark. There's a world that's kind of swirling. There's a lot of chaos. There's there's kind of a form and voidness of it all. But it's still there, and God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus are still there with it. Now let's continue on verse 3. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God God called the light day and he called the darkness night. So in this concept here, we see a separation that takes place. We see light and we see darkness. We see darkness that is already there. It's already being taken, you know, basically hovering over the waters, but it is something that is created by God. And then we see God speaking forth the idea of light, and then a separation takes place. And God basically says, The light is good, and He separates the day from the night and calls it day and night versus the light versus the day. Now, something we need to understand here that's very important. Okay. When we think about light, when we think about the concept of light, we typically think of it in a physical way. We think of what produces the light that we usually enjoy in our world today, which is the sun. However, sun, moon, all those things are not created till day four of creation. So at this point, sun's not giving off light. At this point, light is created in a different way. And the darkness is a little bit different as well, because darkness and light, when you understand it as a physical understanding, okay, is, is basically created, obviously, when there's light from the sun versus the darkness, the lack of that sun. So we have to understand here this is something different. We actually see in scripture another explanation or another showing of the concept of this darkness, and it's actually found in Exodus 10. So we're going to jump a few thousand years ahead to Exodus 10, 21. This is what it says. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand towards heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness to be felt. Okay? When I went, I kind of studied that idea of what this idea meant you know, this idea of darkness being felt, it was more than a darkness that people were accustomed to. This was a supernatural darkness that God brought along as one of the plagues in Egypt. So we see here something interesting. We see this idea of light not being produced necessarily from the sun. And in fact, and this isn't in your notes, but later on in Revelation, at the very end of things, we see that basically, once again, that light is back. That light is not produced by the sun or the moon or the stars. Scripture tells us that. That light actually radiates from the Lord. And basically lights our world. So, And then we also see this idea of darkness. This idea of something deeper than basically you going into the closet and turning the light off. Basically what we're trying to explain here is there's a spiritual aspect to this concept of light and darkness. It's in your notes. Light and darkness is more than a physical substance. It also has a supernatural aspect of it. So this morning when I talk about this concept of darkness and light, we're talking about that supernatural thing. I know it's very easy and it's not a problem if you go there to help you understand some of these things to kind of think about this idea of dark versus light, meaning basically as you turn on the light switch in a dark room. But when God here is creating light and darkness, we're seeing something a little bit different, a little bit deeper, a little bit more supernatural, a little more spiritual speaking. And that's really what we want to talk about this morning. Isaiah 9-2 is a very popular verse. We actually read it last week, I believe, uh, when we we lit the candles. And this is what it says in Isaiah 9-2. It says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. The people that walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of, once again, this idea of deep darkness, a light will shine. I want to talk about this. I want to unpack this together. Because here's the thing. When it comes to darkness and light, it's something very important that we have to understand. It's it's something that if we can truly grasp what Jesus came to do in us and through us, it can change who we are and change how we see our world and change really in a lot of times, not just how we see this season, but every day of our lives. Because here's the thing, darkness and light, they literally affect us. They bring something to us. Now, in a physical sense, we see this as well. I, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not really into these sort of things. My, my wife is, she tells me, I think it's vitamin D, I think. I don't know, some vitamin. But it's literally like, like you know, you need to go outside and be in the sun, like it does something. God, in his his unbelievable wisdom, knowledge, you know, who's like, hey, I'm gonna make the sun actually give stuff to you, not just light, but actually change your body actually help you be stronger, help you to deal with sickness and all these sort of things that I guess vitamin D does. And again, some of you know much more about this stuff than I do, but it's just amazing that in that, God is basically saying, listen, I'm going to let this physical uh, representation of light help you understand that there is something in a spiritual sense that the light brings to change you from the inside out. But I want to look first at what the darkness brings. Because... It's interesting that in this concept, when we go back to Genesis 1, we don't see darkness being a negative. We don't see it as a a wrong type of situation. It's it's simply something that separates, uh, that God uses to separate the day and the night. Now, interestingly enough, it only takes a couple chapters for us to really begin to see what the darkness brings what the darkness brings in a spiritual sense. And so basically in Genesis 3, we see the fall of man. We see where basically the serpent comes and tempts Adam and Eve. And yes, I said Adam and Eve because I believe Adam was right there. A lot of times Eve gets a bad rap, okay? But Adam's right there with his mouth shut, so he needs to open his mouth. But anyway, totally different story. There's a fall that takes place, and in that moment when that fruit is eaten and that disobedience takes place, that rebellion happens and that pride begins to happen. At that particular time, darkness took on a different feel. It took on a different thing. It took on some things that it brings, but let's see As the darkness has now entered into the picture in Genesis 3, what happens? So we're going to read through this and then we'll come back and kind of bring it it down together. So Genesis 3, starting with verse number 8. This is what it says. So this is after they had eaten the fruit. It says, "When when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, it was the woman you gave me who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Keep going on verse number 13. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? The servant deceived me, she replied. That's why I ate it. When the darkness comes, it brings some things. Again, some of you may go, I like it outside when it's dark. I'm not talking about the physical. I'm talking about the spiritual here. And when we sin and we decide to do our own thing and when we decide to say, you know what, I have a better plan than God's. I know what's best for me and I'm going to be able to do those things and I do those things. You know what? Darkness comes. And when darkness comes, it brings some things. And all of these things I'm seeing in this passage of scripture, it doesn't happen slowly. It's like it happens immediately in Genesis 3. So in that, the darkness brings first, we're going to go through these, there's seven of them. The darkness brings hiding. First thing they do is they hide. First thing they do is like, man, there's something now that's different. Can you imagine how that must have felt? Like, I mean, here's the deal. Like, we see in Scripture that we are literally born into sin. Like, that is our sin nature. The Bible sometimes in the New Testament calls it our flesh, and we're, we're warring against our flesh. Adam and Eve had not had that. They had not experienced that. We, at times, walk around with all of these things that the darkness has brought. They never had. And all of a sudden then they take a bite of this fruit. And in that moment, everything changes as the darkness comes rushing in. I mean, you got to talk about just absolutely mind-blowing moment in their their whole existence. They've never experienced anything like this before. And so what's the first thing they do? They hide. They hide. God's coming and they hide. It's interesting to me that, that a lot of times, you know, we want it to be dark so we can hide. You know? Like when I was a youth pastor and even before when I was just a kid in the youth group, we would do uh, those types of like I would play hide and go seek in the church. I remember we would play um, a, a game called Underground Church, which was awesome and was so much fun. Basically, we'd go in the church and turn out all the lights. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it later. It was a great fun game, okay? But, but you wanted it to be dark. And I remember as a kid and even as a youth pastor, you know, like kids would come dressed up as night like literally that was their costume they everything in black i remember there were some kids that would put on like the black face paint and i'm like dude we're, we're we're just inside it's it's not that you know but they were serious you know darkness is a great way to hide and a lot of times in our when the darkness comes the first thing we want to do is hide and hide stuff and hide ourselves the next thing it brings confusion Brings confusion, man. Can you imagine that? Then they have no idea what has just taken place. All they know is something is different. And man, it is, it is almost going right back to Genesis 2. man, there's, there's confusion, there's swirling, there's, there's chaos in all those things, man. And I don't know about you, but I look at our world and I see the darkness in it, and man, I see a lot of confusion. Like some things that like I literally go, like if you had said that when I was 10 years old, like people would have put you away. And now it's like completely fine. There is so much confusion. The darkness brings confusion. Darkness also brings fear. They're afraid. What? what God says, why, why did you hide? He said, I, 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 I was afraid. I was afraid. You know, it's interesting. I, I don't know if you've ever noticed this or not. But, um, you know, darkness is really associated with fear. You know, and not so much now, but but back, you know, hundreds of years ago when when we didn't have, and I've talked about this before, when we didn't have what's literally called light pollution. I don't like the word, but, you know, it's that concept. Like when things, when it got dark, it got dark. And it, it, it was scary for a lot of people. It brings fear. Darkness also brings shame, it brings shame. You know, it's interesting that, that when they talk about the reason why they hid and the reason why they were afraid, it's because they said, because we're naked. You know, there's a shame that comes in. You know, and, and here's the thing, like when I, when I talk about guilt and shame and, 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 and kind of those are very similar concepts, you know, that, that is not of God. You understand? Like, that is not of God. Like, that is not like, no, that's simple. No, that's okay. Because, no, that is not of God. It is darkness. And we have no condemnation right now because of what Christ has done for us, as Romans says. But in that moment, man, the shame, it came flowing in. And they're hiding. They're covering. They're confused. They're afraid. They're not just bringing shame, but darkness also brings blame they start to point fingers. And it was, it, was, it was this woman you gave me. I mean, if you... If you God is... It basically, you know what's interesting about what Adam does here? And it's interesting because we never do this, of course, okay? None of us have ever done this before. But basically, Adam is blaming two people in this moment. He's a great guy, you know? He blames his wife, but he also blames God. He says, this woman you. I didn't ask for no woman. I was fine, God. Me and the animals. We were having a good old time. You caused all this mess. Darkness brings blame. And we don't just blame people. We blame God. And we blame God a lot. And Adam does that. What's Eve do? It's the the devil's fault. It's the devil's fault. I I don't remember what this was. I was a kid. I don't understand it. Maybe some of you will immediately go, oh, I know this comedian or this person. I don't know because I don't. But it was this this joke that basically, oh, the devil made me do it. The devil made me do it. We blame. We begin to to push everything out. I don't have to take responsibility. The darkness brings that. The darkness also brings curses. You see, we didn't read it because, you know, there's, there's, there's just more here. But, but because of the sin, immediately following this, we begin, God, God begins to bring forth some curses. He curses the enemy. And, and that's, we'll see about that a little bit more. And he brings some, some problems and curses upon Adam and Eve. And, and that's what happens. Darkness, sin, it brings that. And then ultimately, it, it brings separation. Ultimately, it brings separation. And, and, and it's, it's sad because, in this moment, you know, like, and I know for some of us, man, we've heard this story since we were knee high to a duck, but this is important. Like, I, I want you to try to stop because it's so easy at times, and we've talked about this so many times, and I'm gonna talk about it till uh, I go see Jesus, okay? We've gotta put some humanity on these people. They have never, ever experienced any of these things. Never. Never. They've never... Fear? Didn't even know what it was. Confusion? What's that? Shame? Are you kidding me? And all of a sudden, in one moment, they feel all of these emotions. And then, God begins to say, because you have done this, these are the things, these are the uh, the, uh, consequences of that action. And then, God sends them out of the garden. They have a separation like they've never experienced before. Listen, darkness, sin, it always eventually brings separation. And we have to understand that. What a devastating thing that the darkness can bring. What a devastating thing the sin in our lives can bring. But thankfully, way back in Genesis 1, God spoke some things. He spoke some things about light. He spoke some things about what the light will bring and not only did he speak it back in Genesis 1 not only did he say basically hey I'm going to tell you a little bit about the light and and how that light is good but he went another step forward and so let's look at that together let's look at what the light brings we've talked about what the darkness brings let's look at what the light brings and it's interesting is we have been in this story as what the darkness brings in Genesis 3. And God almost immediately begins to share what the light will bring. And it's found in a strange place. And it's found in kind of a weird way. But it's one you probably heard before. It's in Genesis 3.15. Let's look at it together. As God is speaking curses and judgment over the enemy, he puts this little doozy in there at John, in Genesis 3.15. He says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman. And between your offspring and hers. Remember who God is speaking to right now. He's speaking to the enemy. And then he says, he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. This is the first prophecy in scripture of the, of the time of year we're celebrating. This is God's... It was, I, mean, I mean, it's almost like God was just sitting there. And he, I mean, and God knows everything. God knew we were going to fall. God knew the whole thing, and it was like God was sitting there, and he was like, "Man, he was just chomping at the bit. He was so excited to announce His plan of salvation." And where does it happen? It happens immediately following the fall. God doesn't sit there and go, mm, 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 mm. "You're going to have to prove yourself now, boy. You really messed up, Adam and Eve." Oh my goodness, I can't believe you know. Mm, you know why God, God doesn't bring shame? Almost immediately, before Adam and Eve are even dealt with in Scripture, God begins to prophesy about what is going to happen. He says, listen, and and we can break this down and look at this together, because there's a lot of good stuff in this little verse. In that concept, and leave it up there, he talks about this idea of this this fight that's going to take place. This fight between God's creation and the light and, and, and basically the enemy. And it's not just going to take place on a, physical, on a physical plane, but in a spiritual plane. And he basically says, listen, between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. In other translations, what we see is the seed of woman is used or used to explain that concept of offspring of hers. You know what it doesn't say? It doesn't say the seed of man. It says a seed of woman. We're already, God is already telling us, listen, this, this, this kid that's going to be born is not going to be normal. This kid is not going to be born the seed of man. It's going to be literally God's son. And so God, even now, is saying, listen, this is going to be big. This is going to be different. But let's continue on. He says he will crush your head. Crush it. I love that. I love that God is like, listen, <laughs> There's going to be a crushing that takes place. And listen, I don't know about you, but after, after our whole series on the lying of the devil, I man, I'm ready for some crushing right now. Hadn't happened yet, but it's coming. It's coming. Like God is sitting here explaining to the enemy and anyone that'll listen, listen, this isn't going to be a fair fight. There's going to be a crushing that takes place. We can have confidence in that. But also look what else. He says, and you will strike his heel. So we see a crushing of a head, but a striking of a heel. Isn't it interesting that, and I don't know if you understand this, I'm sure you do, but there is a major difference in where the head is versus where the heel is on your body. The heel is low, it's about the lowest part of your body, really, I think. I mean, maybe your toes, but you know, around right that area. It's even interesting that Jesus, or God is prophesying about his son literally leaving the thrones of heaven and coming low to become just like us, where the enemy actually has the ability to strike his heel. Even in this prophecy. You know, it's like, I always talk about and joke about, like I always use strange Christmassy verses. This is is one of the strangest but most beautiful Christmas verses that you will ever read. Because it talks about the virgin birth. It talks about Jesus coming low and becoming like us. It talks about his death, his burial. But it also, hallelujah, talks about the crushing of hell, death, and the grave. Yes. Thank you, Lord. And we could be so excited about that. Yeah. And that's what the light brings. It started all the way back in Genesis. And in just in case we weren't quite so smart, and that's me, Jesus comes and he begins to share a little bit more. Look at with me at John 1. In John 1, verses 4 through 5. This is what it says. He writes, the word gave life to everything. Notice that word is capitalized. This is speaking of Jesus. Uh, he gave life to everything that was created. And his light, life, excuse me, brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Thank you, Jesus. I like that. Because I don't know about you, but there are times, I'm just going to be honest, not that I won't normally, but there are times when I look at our world and I go, man, that darkness is getting darker and darker and darker, and I don't know if I can handle this right now. But there is a light that Jesus brings and listen, the darkness, it doesn't matter how dark it gets, the darkness will never extinguish it. Never extinguish it. Now let's continue, John 8. Now Jesus is speaking. Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have a light that leads to life. Listen, everything we talked about about what darkness brings, Jesus is basically saying, you don't have to walk in that. You can say no to the darkness. How can we do that? Not because we're able on our own way and our own strength, but because of we have found the true light which is Jesus. And when we walk with him in that light, the darkness will be fleeing from it. It will never extinguish the light and we can walk as people and as children as we'll see in a little bit in that light. Listen, some of us and it's it, it's not okay. It's listen, it, I mean it's not okay. <laughs> we're walking in some darkness in some areas. And listen, we don't have to. And so let's look, as we talked about what the darkness brings, and those are in your notes, and yeah, you'll have to flip back and forth if you need to, but let's talk about what literally the darkness exchanges. We talk about exchanges. This is what Jesus is coming to do. The light exchange hidden for fount. Hidden for fount. You ever, you ever had one of those situations, and I, I've, I don't think it's ever happened to me, but I know it's happened to other people, where, like, you hide and no one finds you? And, like, that's cool for a bit, and then all of a sudden it's like, I'm ready to be found now. I'm not, I'm not okay with this anymore. Like, like I, I want to be found. I want to be in the light. I'm tired of hiding in the darkness. Listen, listen the light will find you. We see that in in so many neat scriptures, but the concept of there's a series of parables that that, that Jesus tells about the lost sheep and the lost coin and the lost son. There is something special about being found. And when the light comes, the light wants to find you. Next, the light exchanged confusion for direction. Listen, if you are wandering around in confusion, you might have a situation where it's not so much about the confusion, it's about the fact that you are not walking in the light. Okay? You need to understand that. The light brings direction. Okay? We know about the light of Jesus. We know about how the scriptures are called the light. We need to look at these things if we're looking for direction and let the light come and give it to us. Next, the light exchanges fear for peace for peace. You don't have to walk in fear. You don't, listen, listen, I'm telling you right now, I don't like things that jump out at me. I don't like things that scare me. I don't like that. And so you know what I'll typically do? I won't walk into a dark room. I know that's simple, but I won't do it unless I, you know, know, something's wrong or the lights are out. You know what I mean? I'll turn the light on. So many of us, I'm, I'm telling you right now, We walk in fear because we refuse to walk in peace. Not because we're so afraid. We simply refuse to turn the light on. The light is Jesus. It's walking with him. Allowing him. Because here's the thing. When we know that we're walking with him, when we know that he's guarding us and guarding our steps and walking with us, we don't have to walk in fear. Perfect peace drives out all fear. And we need to understand that. Next, the light exchange, shame for acceptance. I love that. Shame for acceptance. Because you know what? There's a lot of people, we walk around with this concept and this idea of shame. And we walk around with this idea of I'm naked and God will never take me as I am. And listen, that is a lie from the deepest pit of hell. It is. You're accepted and you're loved. You go, but Aaron, I'm not perfect. None of us are. We're not. We're still sinning. We're still messing up. We're being transformed. We talked about that a couple, a couple months ago. We talked about this idea of sanctification and regeneration and those words and how they're different. We're still being changed, but you know what? God loves you. God accepts you. When we accept him, he's like, he welcomes us into his family and we don't have to walk in shame anymore. Next, the light exchanges blame for guiltless guiltless. This idea that, you know what, it's not your fault. It's, it's, God has made all things new in you. It's so important. So instead of pointing the fingers at everybody else, because of God's forgiveness and grace, we can say, you know what, I can stand justified and righteous before God. I don't have to point fingers because God's wiped away all my sin. Next, the light exchange curses for blessing. Curses for blessing. Remember, that idea of blessing is that idea of favor. You're favored by God. God is for you. He is not against you. The last one, the light exchanges separation for closeness. I love that. Yes, here's the thing. God could have saved us and gone away. You realize that? And God said, no, 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 no. Only, not only do I want to be close, Scripture tells us that the Spirit of God actually lives in us. I don't know how much closer you can get. We went from a situation because of our sin where one guy could walk in one time a year if anything was done not correctly that was bad news for the guy to where now the Spirit of the Lord is living in us. Like that, that's the exchange that God does in us, is that idea of when the darkness is gone, and it is gone, it's extinguished. So understanding all of this, let's kind of look and close with some application. Let's look at some the results of this light and darkness exchange. There should be something different because of it. Let me give you a perfect example, going back to the physical or whatever idea. If I took you and I was able to black out everything in this church, everything in this room, so we put the blackout curtains on, the windows, all the lights, were, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm talking about dark, like you cannot see the hand in front of your face darkness. You, you've been there, you've experienced that, okay? And then, I snuck in those huge spotlights that they use at, like, openings of, like, the mall. You know what I'm talking about? You know, like, they used to use them for, like, Hollywood premieres or something back in the 50s. I don't know, maybe. I mean, those humongous spotlights that, like, you can shoot up and they do this, you know, wave and all that sort of stuff. And, and real quietly, I brought in a um, hundred of them. And I placed them all around the outside. All around the edges, and in one moment, I turned them all on. First of all, you'd be blinded. Second of all, there would be some definite results of that. That's just physical. When God exchanges light for darkness, spiritual, there are gonna be some changes. And there should be some changes. So let's look at this together. First, the light changes who we belong to. Who we belong to. Look at 1 Thessalonians 5.5. 5. It says, for you are all children of the light and of the day. So we don't belong to darkness and night. Listen, listen. We need to understand that in our world... There are still people who are children of the night and of darkness. Okay, We sometimes forget that. And because they act like that, we get angry and we shout at the darkness. We get angry. How could the darkness do that? How could the darkness be that way? How could a child of the darkness and of night act that way? Simple. They're simply acting like their father. Their father. Being the king of the darkness. We need to stop yelling so much at the darkness and instead be the children of the light, that light that can never be extinguished, that light that when it enters into the darkness changes some things. But here's the deal we have to understand who we belong to, okay? A lot of times, unfortunately, because of things that happen in our lives, in the past or in the present, we we tend to forget who we are in that. We belong to God. Next, the light changes how we live. The light changes how we live. Ephesians 5, 8 through 9, it says, for once, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light for this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Okay? Remember, remember the concept of, of bringing in all the spotlights? Okay? Here's what would happen, obviously, besides the fact that we all be blinded. Guess where the darkness goes? Quickly away. So quick that we actually have a measurement. You know, it's the speed of light. Listen, the light should change how we live our lives. Listen, I am not, hear me here. I do not believe that what God has called us to do as a believer of Christ is to hide in our homes and in our churches and make sure we only surround ourselves with other light bearers. Do you understand? That's not what God's asked us to do. That's not what the Great Commission commands us to do. It says go. Basically saying go be light in dark places. Okay. What I am saying is this, when you are around people at your work or in your home or, or at your school or wherever it might be, and you're noticing that, man, I'm not necessarily being a light. In fact, I'm being influenced by the darkness more than I'm letting the light influence others. That's an issue. That's something we need to look at. That's something we need to adjust, because the light should change how we live. Because listen, when there's darkness in this room, there's things you can't do no matter how much you wish you could. But when lightness comes, things can change. Let it change you. Let it change how you live. Now listen, I'm not saying that that means that all of a sudden you're going to just magically all of a sudden be perfect. No, 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 no. This is a process. This is a journey. But allow that to happen. Allow the light of your life to change how you live, because when you do that, what you'll find is it will produce what is good, what is right, and what is true. We want that. Number three, the light changes our identity. The light changes our identity. First Peter 2:9 says, But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people, you are a royal priest a royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession. So knowing that, as a result, because of those things, because your identity is found in God, because you are his, because you are a chosen people, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Changes who we are. It changes who we are, not, not just who we belong to, not just the way we live. It literally changes us from the inside out. Paul tells us that, man, that we are a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. For some of us, man, we need to stop uh, walking around like our identity is found in shame and confusion and, 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 and fear and instead say, no, 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 no. That's not who I am. I may feel that way at times. I may experience those emotions at times. But that's not who I am. I'm a child of light. I bring the light. I don't live in the darkness. The final thing. The final thing. The light changes our mission. The light changes our mission. Matthew 5. Now listen, this is interesting. Because in Matthew 5, Jesus is speaking... And, and remember, Jesus in, in John 8 has declared himself the light of the world. But now Jesus is speaking to you and to me. Look what he says about us. Look what he says in Matthew 5. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the light. Now, that, that's, that already is like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, 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 Jesus, you're the light. You, you, you be the light. And Jesus says, no, 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 I'm coming so that I can do something inside of you so that now you can become the light. But look, he continues, like that would be enough. But he continues, he says, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. He says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand. Verse 16. There it is, where it gives light to everyone in the house in the same way, in the same way, Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. It changes our mission. It changes the fact that, you know what, we're not here just to be, excuse me, not just be light for you and for me. It's not about just showing up here on Sunday. Is that important? Absolutely. It's not about that alone. It's about going out and being a light on a hill. It's about not putting our light under a basket. But instead, letting it shine out. Letting people see, hey, no, no, no. There is something different about living in the light versus living in the darkness. Like I mentioned earlier, I feel like for at least decades now, maybe longer, I don't know, I haven't been alive that long, it seems like the church has gotten really, really good at just shaking their finger at the darkness. Ooh, you dark people going to hell in a handbasket. And we've really not been the light. We haven't been willing to say, you know what? When the light enters into the situation, the darkness will flee. And one of the things that Jesus came to do in us and through us when he came 2,000 years ago was to exchange some things. It's interesting to me that, and we'll go back to the kind of the Christmas story as we understand it, that the wise men, they follow a light in the east. It's a star. We know that. But they follow a light to ultimately end up at the light. And listen, that light that shone on that night, I mean, it penetrated the darkness. It pierced the darkness. It changed the things around it, So much so that men, who, quite honestly, if you go back and you begin to study about these men and who they, these are not what we would consider to be godly people. These guys from the East, they're not following the Lord but they see a light in the east and it changes something in them. And they say, you know what? we, we, we got to figure out what this is. we got to figure out what's going on. When they meet in front of Herod in Matthew, what do they say? We have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship him. Can you imagine in our own lives if God the Father had basically said, you know, from the very beginning in the fall, you know what? You guys are on your own. You know what? You rebelled. I told you how many times don't do this. And what did you do? You went and did it. So you know what? I'll, I, I'm loving. I'm merciful. You can find me, but you don't have to find me in the dark. Jesus was born, but you know what? Shepherds, no announcement. Wise men, on your own, good luck. Wander around in darkness till you find it. But that's not the way our God works. In fact, going back to Isaiah, what does he say? He said, The people that have walked in darkness have seen a great light. The question is, is not, is the light there? The question is simple. Will you follow the light to the light? And then when you experience the light of Jesus, will you then allow it to change you from the inside out so that not only can you be changed, but now, now Jesus says, you go be the light. Listen, there is is two times a year that when it comes to being the light, it's the easiest. And I'm not saying it's easy at any time, but this is the easiest. And guess what times those are? Christmas and Easter. This is it, man. Telling you right now, go put on cozy 101, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, you're going to get let it snow, let it snow, let it snow, and that silly Mariah Carey song that we're all sick of hearing. But you know what else you're going to get? You're going to do a holy night. You're going to get the first Noel. You're going to hit Silent Night. You're going to hit Hark the Herald Angels Sing. You're going to hear Emmanuel. If there was ever a time that it was easy to be the light, it's now. But listen, you will never find it easy to be the light if you haven't been transformed by the light. If you haven't allowed the light to chase away your darkness. But here's the deal, man. If you're living in shame, you're living in confusion, you're living in, you're hiding. Listen, in these areas in your life, you're living in darkness. And thankfully, we have a God that loves us. And we have a Holy Spirit that comes that can illuminate, as we see in John, that darkness and chase the darkness away. But listen, if you want to walk around in a dark room, God will let you. But listen, if we're called to be children of light, I think for some of us in some areas, we need to start letting the light of God flood in again. Now, here's the deal, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Going back to the concept of all those spotlights, if I turn those on, you're, uh, it's going to hurt your eyes. Okay, it's going to hurt. Your, it is going to be blinding. It's going to be kind of hard in those moments. But here's what I've learned: you will adjust. Because you were created, here, you were created to walk in the light. You were created by God. The darkness, you were never created for darkness. So yeah, there's moments where there's, when things are illuminated in our hearts and our lives, they can be a little painful, they can be a little revealing. But I promise you, when you start walking in the light and you stop walking in the darkness you will begin to really fulfill the calling that God has for every single one of us. Stop walking in darkness. Jesus came to exchange it. So let him exchange it. Let's all bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. We're going to close very, very quickly here, but I think we need to close by simply asking a simple question for everyone that's here and online Are there some some areas in your life that are dark? Now, for some of us, we may go, you know what? I don't really know Jesus. I've never really accepted him as my Lord and Savior. And in that situation, spiritually speaking, Scripture tells us that you are walking in darkness, like total and complete darkness. No wonder you're dealing with some of the things you may be dealing with. But Jesus came to bring light so that we can walk as children of the light and walk not in darkness, but in light. And here's the thing, we used Genesis three and and we only did seven and and, you know, but we could have done a hundred of what the light brings. But man, the light brings forgiveness, the light brings grace, the light brings love, the light brings fulfillment. The light brings direction. I mean, all these things the light brings. Look at the fruit of the Spirit. The light brings it all. Patience and peace and goodness and kindness, self-control. The light brings it all. And so this morning, if you go, you know what? Either here or online, you know what? Aaron, I've never really accepted the light. You can this morning. Scripture teaches us that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we'll be saved. It's as simple as that. And you can experience that. You can go from light, or you go from darkness to light, you can go from death to life by simply accepting the plan that Jesus has for us that was prophesied all the way back in Genesis 3, because Jesus did come. He did live a sinless life. He did die for us and our sin. And he did rise again. And he is at the right hand of the Father, now making intercession for you and for me. What's that mean? It's simple. Right now, Jesus is praying for you. And you know what he's praying? He's saying, please, please accept my light. Please come home. You don't have to walk in darkness. I came and I died so you wouldn't have to live in lands of deep darkness. Come be in the light. And the way we do that is we simply pray that prayer. It says, Jesus, I believe that you are who you said you are. Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. Jesus, I believe that you died for me. And so, Father, if I never have, I accept that love. I accept that forgiveness. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are Lord. You are my Savior. You are my God and I will follow you. If you do that, if you say those things and mean it, sit darkness gone, darkness extinguished, darkness flees. And instead, his marvelous light has come in. For the rest of us though, that maybe have experienced that moment there's still areas in our hearts and our lives that darkness can kind of creep back in at times and you know what I, hear me here like like sometimes we justify that like well it's just a little bit of darkness no like 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 i never met anybody in my life that's basically like you know it's okay i just got a little bit of cancer no 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 we 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 celebrate when the cancer's gone when it's been eradicated. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen these stories of people in hospitals and they're in the cancer center and some of them, they have bells. Have you seen this? It's, man, it's, it's emotional for these people. That's emotional for me watching it on television. And they're dealing with the cancer and they've dealt with these things and they go through the chemo and they go through all these things taking place in their body and when they're finally deemed to be cancer-free, man, they go and they ring that bell. And I'm telling you right now, I, I don't know if I'll ever get cancer. Or maybe I will, maybe I won't. but and I don't know what God's plan is for me in that. But I'll tell you one thing. If I ever do, I'm going to find me a hospital with a bell. Here's why. Here's why. Because if God chooses to heal me, if God chooses to heal me physically on this earth, through the doctors or even through a, 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 a miracle of God, I'm going to ring that bell to death. Not because I'm healed, but because I know who healed me. And if he takes me home, I'll find me a bell in heaven, and I'm going to ring that one too. Because he healed me that way too. We don't have to live our lives with a little bit of darkness. Instead, God says to you and says to me, I want to eradicate it so you can ring that bell. So you hear that bell and others hear that bell. Because that bell sounds out the greatness of our God. The goodness of our God. And I don't know about you, but I know there's an old song and it says, I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Their old familiar carols play. And low and sweet... The words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. For some of us, we've been letting a little bit of darkness affect so many areas of our life, our life. And Jesus came to exchange it for you today. So let him, let him. let the Holy Spirit illuminate those areas, get things right between you and your father. And then you know what? Ring your bell and celebrate that God has brought light, not just to this world during this season, but to your life and to mine. So Jesus, right now, we just come to you. And God, for those that never have, Father, we ask that, you would just come and you would just continue to draw them to yourself, that they would push away the darkness and embrace your light. And for those that have accepted you, that God this morning, that they would come to a place where they stand for no darkness. Like it's like, nah, it's not okay. I want it all gone. I want to ring that bell that celebrates what God has done for me. Because God doesn't do halfway. God does it all when we let him. And so, God, if there's any areas of our hearts, of our lives, if we're dealing with shame or guilt or, 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 or distraction or, or confusion or chaos, if we just feel like we're lost right now and we haven't been found, whatever it is, God, whatever area is there that the darkness can bring, Father, we pray that you would penetrate it with your glorious light, which is simply you, Jesus. We need you. Do it in our hearts, in our lives. Change us from the inside out. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, listen, I love you. Appreciate you all. Listen, I know there's a lot going on this time of year and it's fun and great and all these things, but I want to encourage you. Be the light, okay? Jesus came. He was the light. And now he's called us to be the light. So listen, put up your Christmas lights, turn them on bright, but you be a light in a dark place too. All right. Awesome. Ladies, remember three o'clock is the paint party. Christmas Eve is coming. All these things are coming up. want to make sure you're aware of them. Have a great week and we'll talk to you soon.